Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and we're about to take a wild ride into the lesser-known side of rodeo life. While the biggest names in rodeo are out in the arena entertaining us all, these are the stories of the people behind the scenes, supporting them and holding it all together. Unfiltered conversations with the partners, parents, and children of your favorite rodeo athletes on what it takes to navigate relationships, raise families, and pursue careers while the ones they love are out chasing their gold buckle dreams. Whether you're a part of this big rodeo family, a fan of the action, or a lover of Western culture, Companion Pass is where you'll find all of the insights you've been craving. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Companion Pass. I'm super excited about my guest today. It is Lonnie K. Yates. Now, she and I were talking a little bit before this, and she's not somebody that I know real well. I know about her, because how could you not? But I am really excited to get to know her better along with all of you guys. Lonnie, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Now, like I was saying, I know about you just having followed you and I kind of know what a badass you are, but I was hoping that (laughs) because you really are. You have so many great accomplishments, you know, (laughs) you do. But I think maybe people know you from being Marty's better half. But you have like a long list of really incredible rodeo accomplishments of your own. So I was thinking maybe you could just start off by telling us a little bit about you and all of that. Awesome. Well, so I grew up in the agriculture world. My dad raises like white-tailed deer and we've raised show cattle our whole life. And actually we're really big in the poultry business and we kind of tease. We're chicken farmers, but I'm going to have a lot of questions about chickens then yeah. because I am like very deep on my chicken journey. <laughs> oh, you will have to talk to my dad. <laughs> He's very interested in it all. But so I've always grew up loving genetics, but unlike kind of most rodeo people. My family didn't rodeo. Not one of them. We've always had horses, kind of like cow horses around the house, but the rodeo deal was kind of mine and a passion of mine. And actually, we traded my first real barrel horse my dad did for a pickup truck. And that is ever since then, it was like I wanted to do it and I didn't look back from there. And I grew up junior high rodeo and high school rodeo, and then I went on to do college rodeo and then now professional rodeo. And a big passion of mine is I've always wanted to raise and train my own. And I think that is due to my family loving genetics and the agriculture. And it's just a big passion of mine. And it's not just rodeoing. It's when I compete on one that I raise and I train. It's just totally different. And that's my big passion. So I'm a horse lover and one of the horse crazy girls my whole life. And that's it. I think that's really great. I love hearing that you didn't, that you kind of were the one that started it and where it's taken you. So now when you were like a high school, college rodeo, did you do all of the events or were there a couple that you kind of focused on? I did. I went ahead and went all out. When we, I was in actually... I guess I'd say I was like five or six. And my best friend, Callie Davis, well, now she's Callie Glass. She just got married mm-hmm. also. So we're kind of hitting every milestone together this year. It's kind of, it's really funny, but she was all in it. She ran barrels. She went to all the NBA chase and traveled. And I was the girl at home that I knew I wanted to ride horses. I rode horses since I was little. Just my dad would put me on cow horses, ranch horses, and I took my dad's old cutting horse to the play day, and that was like the start of my rodeo career. And she kind of, her and her family helped us know more people and get involved. And then 
when I started running barrels and of course you did the 4-H and you had to show your barrel horses yes. like a show horse <laughs> and you did all those interesting things and and then we just found some people along the way to help me rope and to help me tie goats and I, if I named all the people that have helped me in my career we'd be on here for three hours but just I went ahead and did it all and I rode cutting horses and I've just I've loved every bit of it maybe not the goat tying but I did it. Barrel racing and breakaway has probably been my ultimate favorite. I loved showing cutting horses, but it was kind of, it was a little bit different direction there I was headed because my dad's kind of got into the race horses. And so I've always dreamed and loved running fast horses. So I kind of stuck with college and everything. I knew like roping and running barrels and Raising a fast horse was like my thing and everything. Kind of the other offense slowed down at that point. But when I was young, I did it all and it was very exhausting. And my poor parents blessed them. It was new for them because my brother and sister showed cattle and my brother was really good at basketball. So they had no idea and they went in full throttle with me. And I can't thank them anymore for they've done so much for me. Yeah. Hearing you talk about your story, there's so much of that I really can relate to. I was the first one in my family that rodeoed competitively as well. Like my dad was raised around agriculture and they uh, raised cattle and everything. But, and so he introduced me to horses, which he was always around, but it was never like a competitive or rodeo thing. And I wanted to do it so bad. Cause like you said, I think sometimes you just kind of have the bug, right? And I was into so many other sports, but horses was just like the thing that I wanted. And so he got me this old horse that I could take to like 4-H shows, just like you were saying. And so I showed a little bit like Western and that was like my gateway at probably six or something. And then he took us to like a little play day and, and I had my little Western horse that I took out there. And as soon as I got a taste of like speed events, I'm like, oh, this is yes. it for me. <laughs> I, that's the way I'm going. Is it a turn rush? Oh, it totally is. I'm like, yes, that's where I'm supposed to be. But like you said, like my dad not being part of the rodeo world necessarily, even though they're involved in, I guess, the lifestyle and other aspects of it, he really dove right in and took me everywhere and entered me up in everything. And he learned the ropes just as much as I did, which I think is a really cool thing. It's like, it's such a family, I guess, family oriented in a way, right? Oh, You're doing so much definitely. of it. Yeah. And a great way to bond. And I think about that now, like doing it with my kids and their junior rodeoing. And then even just like you pointed out, it's exhausting for the parents as well. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad for my parents. Yeah. Which I certainly did not appreciate that much when I was young, like everything he was doing for me. But now doing it myself, like for the boys, I'm like, wow, he was doing like, just as wow. much, probably more. Yeah. My parents are awesome. <laughs> yeah, I remember like getting older and stuff and then just like having this brand new appreciation for my dad then and everything he did. Yeah, to get us down the road. Um, but you now still run barrels and breakaway, right? Yeah. So you're and you're still doing it. I mean, you're obviously breeding and raising your own horses and training horses, right? I mean, there's basically nothing you don't do. <laughs> oh, gosh, it kind of is exhausting sometimes. Like we, Marty and I have talked about it, just how sometimes you almost need to pick like one route because you kind of spread yourself thin a little bit. You go and try to be competitive and ride your competitive horses and then you're gone a few weeks and then you come back and your young horses are behind. 
And that's kind of been hard to balance. And the same as the breakaway and running barrels professionally, I cannot buddy with my own self. So I'm not guaranteed to get up the same. So I left my calf horse at home last year and it was terrible. Like I cried and everything because he, in my eyes, is like a once in a lifetime horse. Like he got Marty to help Marty with in the, get to the finals in 2021. He's just, he's an amazing athlete. And I had to leave him at home last year because in my eyes at the time, barrel racing at the NFR, it's 25,000 around. So you rodeo all year long with the expenses and everything. And in my eyes, it looked a little bit financially smarter because if I ever made the finals training and running my own horse, I feel like my market would be a little bit higher because people would be like, wow, she trained her own horse. Like she raises them, like let's go to her for some horses for sale. And versus the breakaway where I kind of had to pick because like I said, I wasn't guaranteed to get up the same last summer and I'd have to you'd rodeo at the same time all year round. And the money is not equal pay yet. And they're doing an exceptional job trying to make it great for these ladies roping. But in my eyes, it was smarter to run barrels. And it kind of still is. I try to rope when I can, but I can't get to as many as most girls because we don't have a limit on our breakaway roping. <laughs> so wow. while I'm trying to do both events, it's kind of hard and I have to pick and choose. And which I think it's one of those time things like everybody will figure it out like trying to, to help people double events and stuff. But as of right now, like barrel racing is a little bit smarter for me to, I guess, pursue. Well, I think that's an aspect of rodeo that a lot of people don't understand. Because even you talking about this now, like I'm learning things that I didn't understand <laughs> about. Like I had no idea that you couldn't enter together, mm -hmm. which just seems so backwards to me. And then obviously... Breakaways come so far, even just in the last couple of years, it's really come on strong. And it's it's huge. The numbers that these rodeos oh, yes. and things are pulling and girls in the breakaway, like that's massive. And I think it's so great. I love seeing it. And breakaway is super exciting. It's quick. It's fast paced. Oh, yeah. You girls are amazing. But just knowing that what you touched on there is what people I don't think understand about rodeo in that you're having to make decisions with like a business. It's not just a sport. It's also a business. And that's the thing that rodeo cowboys and cowgirls, you're responsible for your own business and, and making those definitely. choices, which, yeah, seems super smart. Like you don't have a business manager. It's all on you. And it's not easy to make a, a living rodeoing. So you have to have these kind of, I, I don't even want to call it a side hustle, but it's not, you're not exclusively yeah. just running barrels. It's dual hustles. It's like, you're doing it all at the same time. Most definitely. And back to our conversation about how lucky we were with our parents hauling us to junior high rodeos when we did it ourselves. I remember my parents driving all night to Shawnee, Oklahoma, and we're all getting home and we're driving, pulling all-nighters, and I'm asleep in the back of the motorhome. And now you have to do it yourself. We were living the dream and we didn't even know it. And now it's like, I'm like, goodbye, dad and mom, come drive me. Oh, isn't it the truth? We lived in Arizona growing up. So like when we'd go back to high school nationals or back, we'd go back to Shawnee in the summertime, like I'd fall asleep in Arizona and wake up in Texas. I'd be like, this is, are we yeah, there yet? And then like, exactly. <laughs> if only, if only we had that it's back. It's the same thing. Finances, you're blessed to have parents that paid for it at the time. And now you're like, oh. wow, I have to make smart choices or I can't go to the rodeo or I can't yeah. get my horse. Yeah, Exactly. So you're rodeoing, and then tell me how you and Marty met. So we've actually, 
like we've kind of known who each other were in junior high and high school, like because we both did those events or those associations. But um, were you guys? Are you guys similar age? Like, were you high school rodeo uh, at the same time? He's older than me. So okay. Um, so we really met kind of in high school, and but he always jokes with me. I was too good of a girl for him back then. So <laughs> he would always like flirt with me, but he would never like pursue me. So we literally joke still about it because I I have to kind of give him credit. He never played me in high school because he was like, (laughs) I would be like, you're too good of a girl for me. I'm sorry. You're like one of the girls you marry. And I'm like, who says that? Like, it kind of made me I mean, but he kind of called it, right? Yeah. And like kind of looking back now, you're like, wow, okay, that's kind of weird that he actually said (laughs) stuff like that. But so we would like, we would kind of like text and then like we never see each other because we live so far. And when I was a really good college kid, I took eight head of horses to college and I might have went to the bar a handful of times. But my whole life, I just I love being with a horse. And it's not even it's not even just the competitive part of it. Marty jokes to me that I just go outside and piddle with him. Like, I just yeah. look at him. He's like, you can't. They're like, they're not going to do a trick, Lonnie. Like, they're, they're not going to do anything else. And <laughs> so. I've just always loved a horse, and I guess right. sorry, I kind of so got off track. On that, but not boys. Yeah, I got, I was kind of <laughs> focused on that, and I had a serious boyfriends like in college and stuff, so I, I didn't really like live the party life. But we are one of our friends; they're married. They actually set us up. He got out of a long term relationship too, and then a few months later, they were like, "I need to set, just double date," and I'm like, "No, like." I tried that in high school, like, no. And then we actually started hanging out, like, with groups at first, and it was really good. And I got to know him and his heart, and I didn't know that part of him through high school and college, And which we all do our own thing. We all make mistakes when one of those, but it's kind of funny how God's timing works. And um, Well, yeah, I mean, you both had some time to grow up. Yeah, and but I come from a family who everybody's married at 20, has kids by 21, like kind of a little community. That's how it goes. And in the rodeo world, it's not like that. Everybody kind of has to grow up and start their career and make mistakes and then come back and find their self. And that's, I guess, what happened. And it's funny how God timing worked, but I'm thankful for it. It's so true. Are you saying that kind of that's how the rodeo community works? I, I have to wonder if part of that is that pursuing a professional rodeo career, one in which you're like trying to make the finals. Like that is so all consuming that it can be hard to devote enough time and attention to a relationship so that it can thrive. Every single guest that I've had on, that's kind of what we're talking about is how you make that work because it's so demanding mentally. It's so emotionally demanding. It's your time. Like you were saying, there's just how you even can focus on a relationship and give that what it takes because we all know relationships are difficult no matter what kind of life you're living. And they take work doing... in itself, the same as your competitive <laughs> sport. So, yeah, exactly. So, how long did you guys date before you got engaged? So, I would say like a year and a half before we got engaged, maybe a little over a year. It was short. Some people get engaged in six months, but I thought it was like pretty short, but he knew what he wanted and it was that was it from there. But I think he started dating around May of 2021. Yeah. And then you guys got married last December. Is that right? January. Actually, this January. So we're still we're still newlyweds. You are very much still newlyweds for sure. And I have just, if anybody follows you on social media, which if they don't, they need to. <laughs> I probably post too much. Sorry. 
Oh, no, not at all. Are you kidding? I love it. And you had like, so if you don't follow her, you need to go and look at this. If you do follow her, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Your wedding photos is like fairy tale horse girl princess. It was like oh. for any girl that loves horses that sees these pictures, they're like, that's my dream wedding. Oh, well, thank you. We, uh, we always we kind of laughed about it because I'm a horse girl, yes, but I did not want any Western theme, like nothing. But we were trying to like go the cheaper route. Like my grandparents are older and we wanted to stay close to Gonzalez. And there wasn't a whole lot of venues to choose from. So we actually, the, we decorated and they did a fabulous job transforming the J.B. Wells, the, where the rodeo was, the venue. Wait, that's where you got married? Yes. And oh. if you should see the before and afters, they did, they did amazing work because they knew they were like, all right, we're confused, but you're a horse girl and you want this to not look like a Western theme. And I'm like, <laughs> nope, I want it to be the complete opposite. And they did that, and they really made it like a little fairy tale. I'm going to have to go back and look I'm again. I'm going to have to send you the before and after. Please do, because like you and I were talking, I was telling you that I was just down in Gonzales for my first time because our oldest son was just down there for junior high state. And so I saw where, <laughs> where this was, and I'm having a very hard time. I mean, it was beautiful, and it's right by the river and stuff. It, it was really pretty down there, and it's all green right now and stuff. But I would never have guessed. I was like, I don't think so, but I'm trying to be nice to my parents. Like, I don't want to do that. It was, I don't know. It was funny, but they did an incredible job. Oh, I love that. And you probably had, I know we did, obviously, but, like, I think big cowboy weddings like there can't be anything that's much more fun than those oh, i would assume that so that's the kind fun. of wedding you had we just have <laughs> i mean we just have a better time than most other people <laughs> <laughs> i would agree i would agree very much now you're married <laughs> and you're both still rodeoing did that change anything about the way you approached like are you guys traveling together or did you have to approach entering differently was it kind of the same as before you were married or um, it's a little bit different. It's, I say it's pretty hard to balance to a couple trying to rodeo in general, just because you're both battling mental, your mental game. You're both battling your physical game and keeping your horses ready and stuff. And like last year, we didn't rodeo together. Um, it's just too hard. And now this year, we actually are going to enter a little bit. He, it's funny. I'm having to try to like kick him in the butt to like go because he's kind of like wanting to slow down in his career and it's a lot of life changing events and it makes you think of things different. And so we're actually going to try to go a little bit together this summer and then he'll kind of split off if we can't make it work with some of his friends. But in the barrel racing, I can buddy with him. But so it's where the breakaways, that's where it gets tricky. But so I'd say we. We enter together now, but last year we didn't. We just, we tried to do what was best for each, like ourselves, like me with my horses, like what I thought arenas and ground situations fit my horse and her career. And then he went where he liked and what was best for him. And um, now this year we're kind of just, I guess, combining it and seeing where it will go. <laughs> and uh, I think we're going to play it by ear. I'm only going to ride till July um, because I'm pregnant and my husband is very... um strict on me not competing very much longer. I gave him a big scare in California. I got really sick and I passed out in the horse trailer and it was oh a big gosh. deal. I was in the emergency room for quite a long time and that was after Red Bluff and Clovis short rounds and my mare did amazing. She won 15,000 out there, but I was battling wow. through first trimester 
things. Oh, and I think thing. that really scared him. So I think. Oh, well, he, yeah, it sounds you really scared me and I'm not your husband. <laughs> so we're I'm going to go try and win some money to hopefully try to stay in the top 30 with that one mare for next year to get in all the buildings. But that's kind of my plan for this year. His is, of course, a little different. He's going to try to make his 10th NFR. So we're kind of just going along for the ride, really. I'm going to go where I think she's going to do best. But I have one horse, my other one that I rodeoed on last year, race and train. She actually got hurt and just came out of a surgery. So they always, everybody's kind of made some comments like, oh, you're getting pregnant at a bad time. Like you just want a lot of money in California. And I'm like, okay, let's be real. We rodeo (laughs) for a living. We have livestock. There is never a good time. And it's really a baby's a blessing. And my other mare got hurt. So now I'm trying to figure out this one and what she likes. So I'm just going out there with one horse that I'm going to try to pick and set up my plans for next year with her and see what she likes best. So now I don't know much about calf ropers and how they approach rodeo. Do they like, is there a way that they try to approach entering as far as like what time of the rodeo that they get up or like a certain time that it's better for them? Cause I know like when Luke and I first got married and I was still running barrels, we thought on the surface, it sounded really great that we'll just buddy like, Oh, yeah. now we're married. We can just buddy. And that worked for like two weeks. That's what <laughs> I'm worried about on this, us trying this out. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we really quickly realized that was just not feasible. And then we were super young when we got married. I had just turned 21 and he was just a few years older. And so it was really difficult for us in that we were both in the same rig. I didn't, I wasn't splitting off and having my own. And then with steer wrestlers, because they're already entering as a buddy group. He couldn't also enter with me. So I know calf ropers aren't traveling. They're not, I would assume it's easier for them not to because they don't have the hazers and they're not sharing horses as much. But that just, it didn't work. And then when I would want to be up inner for the barrel race would be completely different than him. He wants the middle or first and last. And it's like, it was never the same. And so it just, it became a huge challenge for us that we didn't really anticipate. I think we didn't think of that through <laughs> great. Have you found that or is it is it has it been a little bit easier for you as far as like you can find an agreeable time to enter? Well, no, you're right. And that, that's, that's where the struggle is. But him, like he's kind of entering by himself. So I am his only buddy group. And with me, obviously, I cannot make the NFR this year because I am due in December. I, I mean, just, Jackie just cut the saddle. Oh, horn I know. I feel like possibly if I was just a breakaway roper, but I feel like her and I were actually talking about this yesterday at the Wendy <laughs> Ryan. And she's like, I feel like barrel racing would be way different. I'm just like, oh, way different. No. And stuff, you know. Um, oh, but yeah. um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's a little scary. And I think that's why my husband is terrified because after the scare <laughs> I gave him. But I think. As far as me, I'm not going super hard. Yes, I'm obviously going out there to try to win money because I already have some money won. So I would like to try to utilize my time until the end of July and go where I think she will win the most money and then stay in the top 30. But of course, I only have her. So I have to try to benefit her, keep her kind of going and happy and healthy and fresh and winning money. So it's not... I'm not having to push myself and my horse as much. So we're probably mainly more focused on him and how he can get up. And I'll, some of the rodeos that we're, that he's entering, I didn't because I'm like, I'm going to 
let her be fresh and go the next day at St. Paul because I think she'll do better. So like I, I'll skip one there and that's how we've kind of played it. Well, and again, I assume it's probably just another time and another example of when you have to be business minded because mm-hmm. if you know that your rodeo year is going to end early and he's trying to make the finals and for every rodeo cowboy out there, that's where they're going to make their money. Mm-hmm. And that's where you actually profit yes. is getting there. And so you're having, I'm sure, having to make decisions for your family to give him the best shot at doing that because that's your livelihood, especially with your family growing. Most definitely. And that's what we kind of talked about before we were entering. I was going to go by myself and I had a friend of mine that was going to help drive me and just to the end of July. And then the other day we had a long talk and he was like, well, where do you mainly want to go? Like name a few that you just think your mayor would just benefit. And I did that. And he said, well, I think we can make it work together. I think we can, we can make it work these rodeos and we'll just kind of go from there. And if he stays out to July, which I assume he will, he'll stay longer and I'll go home and bring my horses home because I am done competing. (laughs) Well, and I also love you bringing that up in that he's supporting you in that way and your rodeo career because we talk a lot on here with women and what they're doing to support their husbands, these cowboys out there rodeoing. And I like hearing that there's a reverse side of it and that he's trying to make decisions with your rodeo career in mind because it's just as important. You're so massively talented. I have no doubt that after this baby comes, <laughs> you're going to be out there in the Thomas and Mac you. running and we'll all get to cheer you on. That'll be really exciting. I've been dreaming out about it since I was a little girl. My timing hasn't been where I thought it was. I thought when I was 18, I was going to make the NFR, but my parents were like, nope, you're going to college. And at that time, I had two of the most talented horses in my whole entire life, but they had career-ending injuries before I got to rodeo on them. And the funny thing is, now I'm raising colts, and I'm riding colts out of them. And it's just funny how God's timing works, and it's all for the best, and I truly believe that. Yeah, absolutely. I think about, I think back on so many different like kind of pivotal moments in my life and rodeo wise, rodeo career. And at the time, things like that happen can feel just, I don't know, devastating or you feel like you're like it's the end of the world. You do. And then you look back on it and it's hindsight and you can see the way that God was working in your life and how he put you exactly where you needed to be and that it really is part of this like grander plan. Most definitely. And that's where that was at that time. I was devastated. I thought you might not ever get a horse that caliber again. And then kind of like now I have two great athletes. One actually just got hurt, like I was saying, but and then the other one, she loves outside. So that's where we're going this year or this summer in July. And we're going to see where she likes so I can kind of hopefully have a game plan for next year and think it'll all be good. But I raise and train barrel horses for a living. So I keep telling myself, I can be 40 and make the finals. It's okay. I know that wasn't your plan, but when Girl, the I'm still telling there, myself that. Hey, yeah, we could do it together. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, Lonnie, we talked about it a little bit, but the arguably biggest and most exciting thing that you have going this year is that you and Marty are going to be adding to your family. <laughs> yes. December 17th, to be exact, and the 10th round is the 16th. So, Great planning. Um, yeah, that's I was so that was definitely one of the things I was gonna bring up when I saw that you were due in December. And I didn't realize that it was set quite so close. <laughs> that close. Yeah, it's a pretty big joke around our family, just 
not planning <laughs> that well. This all just goes back to what we keep talking about is that this is all just part of God's plan, like his timing, right? <laughs> oh, most definitely. And being in the sport of rodeo, it's you get a lot of new adventures quite often. So you have to learn how to take this. This is true. I feel like this is just setting you up for motherhood and life as a rodeo wife, etc. Not that you're not already prepared, but this is just one more thing that you're going to roll with, right? <laughs> Yeah, of course, you're going to try. I always joke that I'm still a kid. Like, now I'm going to have one. I don't think that ever goes away. Sometimes I'm still like, wait a second, what do you mean, mom? Like, I'm a kid, and then I realize that I'm very much not a kid, and that I need to be responsible for mine. So I had Josie Martin on, and I don't know if you know her, but she, too, was like 39 weeks pregnant out at the NFR, not this last year, but the year before. And she had their little boy the day after they got home from the finals. <laughs> oh, wow. That was impressive. Like, uh, she was telling us, she told us on the podcast that Tristan drove him straight home from Vegas to Louisiana. She had time to shower, go into the hospital, and she had the baby like 12 hours later. <laughs> Oh, so my just, gosh. just call her wow. up and she can give you all the tips. <laughs> I'm really not sure I'm going to be that brave and go to Vegas, but. Props yeah, to that's her. what I was going to ask. And you guys are a ways from Nevada. If Marty does, and we're just throwing it out there into the universe that he most certainly will make the finals this year, do you think that you'll go out? I really don't. I just think I'll stay close to home. And he's like, we're going to try to get on standby <laughs> because I'm not missing that. That was me. I'm just, just this new adventure, everything. So I, I just, I don't know. I didn't want to chance it. I didn't really want to go out there and. Usually I get sick every year with my allergies anyway, that I was like, knowing me, it's just going to be a lot of stress and I don't really want to get sick plus having a brand new baby or just being too close to all that. So I really don't think I will. I'm kind of sad, but he always tells me there's another NFR for us to go to. There certainly is. There's plenty of outfits to plan. I mean, <laughs> and getting dressed when you're 40 weeks pregnant is not all that fun anyway. Yeah, I feel like I won't be really having cute <laughs> ideas anyway. I was pregnant twice in Vegas. Twice? Three times. No, just twice. And I was not nearly as far along. And I can tell you that being in Vegas pregnant is not the most fun. It really is. Oh. <laughs> So I was not, I didn't ever give birth close to the finals, but our middle son, Jameson, my due date was right over the 4th of July. I was due like July 5th or something. And so I felt the same way. It's like the the worst time to have, those are the two worst times of the year to have a baby if you're married to a cowboy. That is, yeah. That's what um, Sarah Erickson and I were talking about because she she had her little, their little girl around that time and Ty was like flying back and forth trying to make it and like during like the July 4th. So it's those are two of the worst. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I think, uh, I mean, there's not that many people, I think, that can relate. Obviously, some, but that, I mean, you're, it's your first time. And it was the same way with Luke and, and our first that it's not just a given necessarily that they'll be able to be there because something like the finals in particular, oh, it's not like Marty can just not go. I know exactly. And that's where he was struggling to even want to go this summer because he was like, I can't imagine missing it and all that. And I'm like, I know, but you have to wrote like calf roping and like, of course, steer wrestling. You have to be in your tip top shape of your career. It's not like you can be 
a barrel racer and be 45 years old and make it and really rely on your horse because them guys have to be in shape and in their prime and feeling good. And so he was kind of struggling with that back and forth on, he was like, it won't be bad. I could take a year off. People do it. I, I can't miss that. And I'm like, we can have a private jet on Santa. <laughs> like if we have to, like, and that'll be fine. Like that's, you'll make it. We'll make he it. He will work. have undoubtedly an entire rodeo community behind him, figuring out a way for him to oh, get 100%. home. <laughs> now I saw on your social media that you had a big gender reveal and you guys are having a little girl, right? Yes, I actually cheated. <laughs> I looked at the results. The gender reveal is supposed to be for the parents, <laughs> but I, I couldn't wait. And when I got the blood test back, I looked at it and I just started laughing because Marty and I's big joke is like, if he's like, if I have a little girl, I'm gonna have two of you. And that is a lot. So when I looked at it and I just started laughing, he literally looked at me and was like, <laughs> and I was like, yes. He was like, oh boy. But we tease him because that is really what he needs because his family always jokes that he's not the most patient man in the whole entire <laughs> world. So like that little girl will have him wrapped around her finger. And I honestly think it's great. That's what he's having first. Absolutely. I, I love that so much. And then kind of fun for you too, just being so involved in it and you raising your own horses too mm -hmm. to have that to do with her I think that's really special sometimes I never regret having all boys and I get asked a lot if we have, if I ever wish we had a little girl and I the answer is always no I didn't have any like wishes going into motherhood but I have oh, never yeah. been anything but just happy and content having all boys and then I was thinking about that, like having that kind of rodeo connection and barrel racing and stuff like does make me, I guess, a little twinge of sadness that I don't have somebody to do that stuff with. So how exciting for you that you get to do that. And that girl's going to have a ton of great horses to ride. <laughs> <laughs> she should have plenty lined up, but we always laugh for like, she might not even want to do it. Yeah, She might want to be the star ballerina and we have to just roll with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. So this is such a huge year for you, just getting married, now expanding your family. Is there any part of you that's like nervous or apprehensive about how your life is going to change? Like you're already talking <laughs> about your plans for next year in rodeoing. I am 100% terrified. I'm not scared of motherhood or anything because I always joke, I'm a really good aunt. My brother <laughs> and sister-in-law have five and I've been around kids my whole life. And I still think of myself as a 21-year-old. I don't know why, but it's just like we're young. I feel like we're young, but Marty's really wanted, wanted him soon. He kind of thought we were going to wait like a year, but that didn't work. <laughs> so we're just going to embrace it and love it. And it's all part of God's plan. I'm not scared of being a mom in general. It was more I wanted to wait more as selfish reasons because I wanted to rodeo a little bit and kind of get it out of the way, make the finals a few times and just get my name out there and then not because being on the rodeo road is very hard and it's time consuming and you're not home. And for me, raising and training, it's hard to be away from those horses and those colts for that long just because you get behind for like the faturities and everything. And you have to hold like I hold most of my colts as five-year-old faturity horses just because... I'm gone so much, so I can't push them really as a three and four-year-old. And so that's the only thing. I just wanted to kind of rodeo when I was young and kind of quit around like 30. But plans changed and we're having a baby sooner than we expected. But that's all a blessing. I just keep praying for a happy, healthy baby. And we're just going to embrace it and just a new adventure. 
and more <laughs> more things to put on our plate, but it, it's okay. We'll have plenty of babysitters. Yes, I'm, she, she will. I, I volunteer anytime I'm around. Perfect. I will call you. I mean, I think it's definitely one of those things where if there's a will, there's a way. And you're obviously so passionate about your horses and so passionate about rodeo and stuff that you just find a way to make it work, even though it's a challenge, not just on your time, but the thought of traveling with a baby. Do you guys think or talk about that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's that is going to be pretty hard. But I, I've always told myself I wasn't going to like raise kids on the road. I, I wanted them to be able to be in all the sports and do all this. And like I got to do. I was and I was in church every Sunday. Like that's how my parents raised me. And you went to school, you went to public school and you learn how to be a kid. And so I don't know, times might be different in five years. We might totally have a different mindset, but I'm sure why she's young and really tiny will do it. But who knows where life's going to take us. We'll just have to roll with it. I don't have any practical advice that I can pass on to you <laughs> as far as, you'll have to tell me how this goes, but as far as like trying to pursue my own rodeo career while I was raising kids, because I kind of stepped away from that in order to have kids. But I do think that knowing what I know now, having kids that are a little bit older, you think when they're tiny and little, it's going to be, that would be the hardest part. But it's so much easier to travel with them when they are small because they're not doing the, you know, you, you, they don't have their own activities. They're not as aware and I know we we traveled off and on with Luke, n not nearly as much as he traveled, but us going with him. And then the kids just kind of get rodeo broke. <laughs> you know, it's like they're yeah, used exactly. to being in the car because they don't know any different. And it makes the most resilient kids. I think there's probably a thousand different ways you can raise a great kid. And that's kind of cool that your kids are just resilient to the rodeo world. And they the rodeo broke. And that's awesome. I I think rodeo kids are definitely pretty tough. and. They, they're raised out there. And I think that's awesome because we want them to be raised in that Western lifestyle. And that's neat that they got to watch their dad and Steph grow up. And that's what Marty always says. He always said he's going to rodeo for 10 years and be done. Well, he's at kind of that mark. And now that we had, we're having a little girl who was like, I might have to do it a few more years because I want my kid to watch me at BNFR. And I'm like, yeah, like that's something neat that not many people can say that my kid got to watch me at the finals like the Super Bowl rodeo Absolutely. you know those are some of my favorite memories there's that saying that it takes a village to raise a child and I think the best village you can have in your corner is the rodeo community I've seen it there or there was even times that Luke would take one or two of the boys when they were young, probably two or three on his own while I'd be at home working or whatever. And they'd get to go have like a week of rodeo with just dad. And they would, they'd get like, there's always somebody in the stands during a slack to watch them. And they have some of the, they have some of the best memories from that and all the little kids and the things they're playing with, which I think is such a great and kind of quickly fading way to get to raise kids. So I'm excited for you for that. Thank you. I, I am too. I'm sure we have a lot of friends that have some advice rodeoing with kids. So we'll have to reach out. I'll have to call you a lot. <laughs> Please do. Is there any great advice that you've gotten or maybe advice that you would give to somebody else now that you have lived it a while? Almost definitely. Like 
everyone says like work hard because this sport definitely isn't easy. Like you have to deal with finances more. You're working with an animal, not yourself and a teammate that can talk to you. I always say like I played sports my whole life and I by far rodeo is the most challenging mental game, I think, out there. Um, They say golf is, but I'm pretty sure rodeo is very comparable, but just you're going to fail and you have to learn how to handle it. And you have to learn how to get over those walls and to get through it through your mind because like I said you will fail and you're gonna have to learn how to handle it because the next time you back in the box or go in the alleyway you can't remember the the last time and I think that's what professional rodeo has taught me more than anything else when you're out there you can't go home and practice you have to drive 16 hours to the next one and pretend that last run that might have been horrible like you have to pretend it didn't happen and just Keep trying no matter what. Seek help. But Marty's probably taught me this more than anybody. He's like, seek help, but not too much, if that makes sense. Because if you just flood your mind with all these different ideas and all these different ways to do it, you just kind of fill your mind with some confusion and try something for a while, one person, and just stick with that a while. Be consistent. See how that works. And if it doesn't work for you, try something else and stick with that a while. But That's probably been very helpful for me because you watch, I watch Barrel of Trainers all the time and you go and ride with a bunch of different girls and you have to just see what works for you for a while. And usually that kind of works out in the long run because you find out what works for you and then that something else might work for somebody else, but this worked for you and you got to stick with it enough to be consistent and to have some consistency in your program. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you and Marty, when you're rodeoing together, do you guys kind of feed off of each other? Like, are you going back and kind of talking about it? Are you able to like feed off of each other's positive energy? Or do you feel like your mindset has enabled you to support him in other ways? Because you know so much what it's like, like you're kind of in the thick of it with him. Well, he's actually, I have to give him a lot of credit. He's taught me a lot and I'm still learning. I'm still not perfect. I can get I can be really hard on myself and he's really tried to work on me about not being so hard on yourself because like you will fail and you're going to have to learn to overcome it. And his aunt JJ, actually, she is the most positive person in the whole entire world. Like I love practicing with her. I love rodeoing with her. She just, she could miss 15 in a row and the 16th cap when she backs in the box, she will most likely win it because she's not worried about it. She's not questioning herself and anything. And I think Marty's been around that his whole life that it's taught him that winning mentality and just to stay positive no matter what. And we're both kind of in a slump right now. And you have to learn to pick each other up because like I said, I think when you both compete, it's almost even harder because you have to get in the truck and drive 16 hours down the road and almost because you're both mad. So you have to learn to either talk about it, get through it or and just move on. But Marty's really not one to break it down. Like he doesn't like to overthink it. He doesn't like to just question that last run that you made mistakes. He's kind of big on like, watch your video once and then delete it. Like if it's bad. But he studies a lot of his good runs before. Like his kind of pregame is he watches old videos. Like at the NFR, I watched him and he watches just old good videos to like see what he did and like know like he can do it. And that's what he can do best. And just 
If you watch the bad runs, you're thinking about all the bad things that can happen. And as Luke knows, and you know, like being out there, like it's going to happen. Like you're going to mess up and you have to learn to just keep going and keep moving your feet. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's one of the things that like I hear Luke in particular talk about. He'll do these schools or clinics and talk to these young kids and he'll tell them how much more in rodeo you're going to lose than you're ever going to win. You can be at the top, you can be number one in the world and the amount of rodeos you go to, you are still losing more than you're winning. Mm -hmm. And how- like, And that's hard too. Yeah. That's hard to embrace. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It really is. I think Marty wants to wring my neck most of the time because he's like, okay, you've had five minutes, like, let's go because I will beat myself up. And I, I joke, I was a really good high school and college competitor. Like, I felt like I couldn't lose. I couldn't miss a cap. And then you move to the next level and the next level and you strive to get better each and every time the older you get. And like 2021 and last year, they weren't my greatest moments. I thought I would go out there and get in the top 30 on the little mare. I just came off of her for charity year. She was young. Like she was showing me a lot of promise and I didn't. And then I couldn't rope as much. So I really focused when I could rope that like I had to win because I can't get to as many as the other girls. So like I put almost more pressure on myself. So, so the last two years haven't been like my greatest like moments and it's been too tough on my mental game and I'm still working on it. I'm not perfect. That's one of my biggest things is my mental game. And Marty always tells me like that is the only thing holding me back because he's like, you are the most talented person I know, but you get in your own way. And he's worked on it. He's got to keep being patient with me, but it's coming. But by far rodeoing with your better half is hard because you have to learn to keep your relationship strong and keep the other person built up enough so then they're not harder on themselves. Yeah. As I'm listening to you talk, I have to say one of the things that I really love in having this conversation with you is that on this podcast, we talk a lot about all the ways that these like really awesome, strong women are supporting their husbands in the pursuit of their careers and, and the little things that they'll do to try and build them up or help them through their slumps or whatever. And I love hearing that obviously you do that for Marty, but all of the ways that he's backing you up. I love that so much because it really is a two-way street and how clearly he believes in you and wants you to succeed. And I think that's really special. It's pretty cool. It's, it's nice to have somebody that's been there and done that and knows how to lose and knows how to get, pick himself back up and win the next time. And I think it's pretty special. Like I said, he's probably running out of patience with me, but <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. You're just like, you're practicing him up for all of the patience yes, he's going to have for raising daughters. Patience. He owes you big time. <laughs> he really does. I, I laugh. I say that God uh, put a me in his life for a reason to teach him patience. <laughs> That's why my dad has the greatest patience in the world. He had to raise me. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So I want to ask you if you have a favorite memory like of your or, or rodeo moment, rodeo memory or rodeo moment of your own, like comp competing. And then the second part is if you have a favorite rodeo moment or memory in watching Marty compete. Well, I'd say his is probably pretty easy. It's like any round win at the NFR is just the whole family's there from both sides just cheering you on. I feel like just... A round one at the NFR is just so thrilling and just so it should be such a reward that you did from all those accomplishments and rodeo and like just 
that buckle. And just watching that and watching how supportive his side of the family and my side of the family is, I'd say that's probably by far my favorite. When he won Cheyenne, it was pretty cool. He's won so much. I feel like it's hard to to like pinpoint one. And just mine, like the most recent, like my uh, mayor did really good in California. She won me 15,000 and just... You won close. right? No, I was right? second in second, the average, okay. actually, both of them. So oh. she had the fastest time in the short round at Red Bluff, but uh, the girl that won it had such an outstanding week that uh, we couldn't catch her. But she, my mayor did really good out there and just him going in the alleyway and just him, he can get frustrated with it just because now he has like 30 head at his house and not four before I came <laughs> along. Barrel just, horses um, are taking over his universe. He, they are. <laughs> and, and it's funny just because when I came around, he he didn't really just, he likes horses, but they were more just like part of the process, part of like your sport and stuff. And now he sees from start to finish, from the breeding, from the foaling, from the starting them as two-year-olds and three-year-olds. And then he helps me now, like he ropes, he heads on some of my barrel horse babies just to give them a different job and help them to use their body in different ways and just turn in a barrel. And it's neat because I'm tying it back to like me running barrels when I do have success. Like I think he secretly gets really excited too, but just because he watched it all happen. He watched from the start to the finish and how long it takes and how frustrating it is and having to learn and work those young horses through everything. And then once they get to that final step and they start showing us something, it's cool. I watch his face and now he's kind of like in the breeding and the, and the training and stuff. And well, he's kind of a part of your process now. And he's probably like, man, she has 40 horses. I'm going to have to (laughs) learn to like them and like this. For sure. Well, I know that you have like 8 million things on your to-do list because you are really just out there doing it all. So thank you so much for taking the time to come by. I'm wishing you so much good luck competing for the summer and with that little baby. Thank you for asking me. Of course. Well, that's another great episode under our belts, and I'd love to hear what you thought. Share your favorite parts, something that really hit home or inspired you, or just share with others so they can know where to find us. It's the best way for you to cheer on these amazing people whose stories we've heard. So head on over to Instagram, be sure to tag Companion Pass, myself, and today's guests with your greatest takeaway from this episode. Thanks for being a part of our rodeo family, and we'll catch you at the next one. Mm-hmm.